This episode of the QS in Conversation pod is supported by IPB University, inspiring innovation with integrity. For more information, visit ipb.ac.id. In researching agriculture for this episode of the pod, I came across a quote from African-American educator and civil rights leader Booker T. Washington. He said, No race can prosper till it learns that there is as much dignity in tilling a field as in writing a poem. Now, of course, his thoughts come from a much longer address in the late 19th century, reflecting on the great leap from slavery to freedom. But I think the reason this one sentence is quoted so often, even a hundred years later, is because of the richness of meaning it conveys. In the full speech and this line, Washington is saying prosperity will be achieved through the most ordinary work that we do. And in fact, he says this just before the quote, when he says, we need to dignify and glorify common labor and put brains and skills into the common occupations of life. It's the second half of the quote that has me hooked though. In just 22 words, Washington links three complex ideas together, political and economic prosperity, agriculture, and art. And by comparing art and agriculture, I think he's not only saying that they have to share the same level of respect, but that if art can be political and change society, then so can agriculture. There's another quote I've seen elsewhere that says, society will be judged by the art it leaves behind. And if you bring these two ideas together, if they share the same dignity and they both shape communities, why shouldn't agriculture be art as well? Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you happen to find yourself in the world at the moment, and welcome to the QS In Conversation pod. I'm your host, Anton John Crace, and this week, over a century after Booker T. Washington delivered his famous words, we ask this very question. Can agriculture be art, and can it transform society? Joining me to discuss this very idea is Dr. Arif Satria, Rector of IPB University in Indonesia. The university has developed what it calls techno-sociopreneurship, elevating agriculture into a cross-sectoral platform, blending community engagement, technology and entrepreneurship grounded in social responsibility. Welcome to QS in Conversation, Rector Arif. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much. It is very nice to be you. I'm not very glad to hear it. Now, we have connected because of the work that IPB University has been doing in Indonesia around techno-social entrepreneurship, digitized innovation. That's in fact the name of this podcast. For our listeners, and in fact for me as well, what is techno-socialpreneurship and how is it implemented within IPB University? To become Technosocial Entrepreneur University, IBB put strong foundation on the knowledge of business enterprise that is established with strong support of the new technological development generated from research and innovation endeavors. While on the other hand, social enterprise is set up based on the knowledge developed from real social problems and challenge uh, observations faced by societies or communities. For technopreneurship, IBB has already developed science technopark as a bridge between IBB and industries. And there are several IBB innovations which are already commercialized. And we provide our own outlets to market our innovations in 15 shopping malls in Indonesia. And, and then uh, our varieties such as Paddy, we have Paddy 3S. And this variety is also adopted by farmers in 26 provinces. And some already exported to 11 countries like papaya. We have papaya kalina. 
And for socio-entrepreneurship, we have also some programs such as Agribusiness Technology Park, wherein partnership with local farmers is established. And this is a very good example of how university can collaborate with local farmers to supply horticulture products for 47 supermarkets in Jakarta and Bogor. And with respect to social innovations, IBB also promotes community-based programs such as Sekolah Peternakan Rakyat or Animal Husbandry School for local people, in which the model expansion is being implemented in 23 districts and 12 provinces in Indonesia. And IBB also develops one village, one CEO programs for fresh graduates to improve technology of local people and then open the access market. And now we have collaboration. Uh, we have collaboration with uh, big private sectors. We develop one village, one CEO programs now in 300 villages. That's quite a bit, and it's quite interesting to hear how this approach is not only just uh, agriculture and farming, but also it's hitting the community as well as other areas as well. I was very interested at the start. You said that um, some of the innovations and the bridges between IPB and industry have been implemented in 15 shopping malls. What sort of work has been implemented into the shopping malls? We are now dealing with the problem of COVID pandemic 19 because most of shopping malls in Indonesia is relatively close. Yeah, and then uh, it's of course it affects to uh, our sales. But in the situation uh, during COVID pandemic, COVID 19 pandemic, we also develop online e-commerce, and then I think the sale is very very good. So sales in super mall in shopping mall is getting lower, but shopping online is getting increased. It is, it is good news during pandemic COVID. Absolutely, and I know that uh, the e-commerce space is taking up an increasingly larger share of the um, the retail space or the retail market per dollar over over time. Now, prior to this interview, I had the opportunity to look over the principles that are implemented as part of techno socialpreneurship. And there's a lot of crossover between multiple disciplines, as you've already said: entrepreneurship, technology, socially conscious business. I am curious in terms of what is a hierarchy with this within that system, because obviously uh, with any system there's always a hierarchy. You have to sort of make a compromise. If there's a choice between those principles, which one is the one that's the overarching, the the one that sort of drives a lot of the work that you're doing? Actually, there are no specific priorities regarding the disciplines, and we pay equal attention to all disciplines. At the end, students have been provided with an academic. And learning ecosystem to collaborative work, either multi multidisciplinary or even interdisciplinary for their final year projects. Cross cutting disciplines within the framework of collaboration are encouraged uh, strongly. Uh, we do curriculum reform. We call K 2020 and uh, this curriculum is up to reorient learning process by integrating hard skills and soft skills. For tomorrow, comprising multiple disciplines: entrepreneurship, technology, and socially conscious business, uh, as you mentioned. And seven essential elements in K 2020 are learning personalization, flexibility learning, 21st century skill sets, college and career readiness, digital citizenship, technology skills, and uh, anywhere anytime learning. And mm. in general, the goal of K 2020. Is to produce a powerful agile learner. The students has to become powerful agile learners. 
K2020 is an effort of IBB's commitment to providing quality education for all by developing a curriculum according to the industrial era 4.0 and supporting sustainable development goals uh, number four. And also K2020 provides space for learners to explore, analyze, and engage with their environment and the world around them and strengthen the knowledge and skills that will enable them to understand and deal with complex issues. K2020 also has been regulated by ABB, which covers five main strategies. The first is curriculum reorientation by integrating soft skill and hard skill, as already mentioned, and then changing and harmonizing the learning process, such as the blended learning system, and then massive open online course and online distance learning. And then uh, we also updating and proficiency and skill of lecturers, such as preparing virtual teaching material or e-learning, developing pedagogy, and developing learning outcomes. And then we also develop science and professions, such as agro-logistics, the new professions, yeah, such agro-maritime logistics, data science, uh, sustainability science. And, so, and the last one is uh, we need to restructure the curriculum for the vocational school of IBB 4.0. In K2020, a thesis may be done by a group of students where they practice collaboration skill and transdisciplinary approach. For example, to develop innovative farming, it may need collaboration between students from agronomy and computer science. When we develop robotics for farming, We need a collaboration between the Faculty of Agricultural Engineering and uh, Agronomy and Faculty of Fisheries, Faculty of Animal Husbandry. So multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary now is a must. Mm. That's very interesting because we're recording this just under a week after QS released the graduate employability rankings. Uh, and the higher ed report that was associated with that uh, had the set cover feature Uh, called What Employers Want. And increasingly, employers said that they wanted their graduates to have that data uh, understanding skills, the data acquisition, technical skills that were not necessarily part of the degree itself. The ability to understand that and have those technical skills is incredibly important or increasingly important. In the lead up to this as well, I was doing a bit of research and I saw that a few years ago, there was a panel at IBP University Uh, in which Indo Indonesian businessman Audi Julnaldi noted, in business, there must be times when there are losses first, but that is not something that should be avoided. How can business resilience be taught to graduate entrepreneurs and how is IPB doing that? Yes, we at IPB University want to nurture future entrepreneurs or businessmen by design, not by accident. And therefore, a robust talent mapping is done as the new students are entering the campus and therefore minimizing the risk of business failures by new technosocial partners in the front end during the study at the university is, is, is very, very important. An example of a program that uh, we are currently doing is to uh, equip the students with special course. When they come to APB for the first year, they have to do talent mapping. And then they have to join what we call seven habits of highly effective people about the very, very popular book written by Stefan Covey to change the mindset of this, our students. We hope the students can be more proactive, have positive thinking, and also optimistic, have self-confidence, and then uh, also develop growth mindset. We are lucky because based on our talent mapping, significant proportion of new students of around 31% 
would fit to become future entrepreneurs. And to strengthen entrepreneurs as well as uh, producing more entrepreneurs, IBB is doing by design. And then the second year, students are exposed to business planning. So the students uh, who are interested to be entrepreneurs, they have to join business planning program and then they have to prepare. And then the third year, students are encouraged to do business monitoring. And also from university, we develop monitoring programs to monitor their initiation of uh, business. Well, the last year, they are exposed to business incubation because IBB also developed incubator business in our science technopark. The real programs being carried out include startup school, CEO school, and agripreneur camp. And IBB has also various kinds of teaching factories or teaching industries for the students to be real work condition placement, such as oil palm teaching farm in jungle, close house 4.0 for poultry industry, and then crab apartment 4.0. And I think uh, we have many, many farm dedicated to our new entrepreneurs. Absolutely. I quite like the what you said at the start there is you want to develop entrepreneurs by design and not by accident. Looking over some of the work that you've done as well, I can see within the field, IPB has developed a system which is called Agro Maritime 4.0. Uh, and that fits a lot into uh, new ways of farming. There's an increase to urban farming. Can you please explain what Agro Maritime is 4.0 um, and its relationship to the uh, rise in urban farming? Yes, actually, Agro-Maritime 4.0 is our response to Industrial Revolution 4.0 because our current competence is on agriculture as well as in maritime. So we have to come up with the new concept of Agro-Maritime 4.0 and then Agro-Maritime 4.0 is becoming a research agenda to fill the current research gap between is driven by Indonesian potential, agriculture and maritime sectors that is only led due to land-based sector, but also maritime-based sectors. Uh, in addition, uh, it is driven also by development of new technologies during Industrial Revolution 4.0, because key characteristics are also due to scientific approach covering the multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary, or even transdisciplinary approach in which stakeholders are to be involved in this project execution. Researchers are working across the country, working with the various stakeholders in addressing our key challenges in the localities. And IBB transforms also the way of doing research by formulating the new research agenda of Agro-Maritime 4.0 to address problems with potential digital solutions like artificial intelligence, machine learning, robotics, automation. And the students are also the main target beneficiaries for implementing the agenda to be familiar with such new technologies such as precision agriculture, smart farming, smart plantation, smart aquaculture, uh, smart ocean and coastal management. Mm. And I think uh, it is very, very important because now Indonesia is a developing country now still dealing with the issue of, you know, gap or discrepancy among farmers. There are farmers can be categorized in 1.0. Some farmers already 2.0. Some farmers already 3.0. Maybe if you look at the experience in Japan, for example, or in, in other developed countries, most of the farmers may be in the stage of farmers 3.0. So it is very easy to jump to be, to be 4.0. But in developing countries like Indonesia, it's not easy. So we have to come up with the new strategy, how to make 
to jump to 4.0. This is what we call the importance of technopreneurship to produce innovation, and then the importance of sociopreneurship, how we can prepare our students, our, our lecturers, our researchers to go to come to get together with local people in implementing 4.0. It is kind of our efforts in trying to accelerate the transformation of agriculture in Indonesia to be more 4.0. I know in other parts of the world, the role of farming and agriculture, ultimately the old idea of a farmer, which is somebody that is on the field and um, they have their the hoe or um, alternatively a tractor, is not necessarily the case. It's a lot of actual management itself. But you've spoken a lot about technology, and I want to skip to another question written down, which is that there is, an, in other areas, there are there has been a push for reverting back to traditional methods of farming and agriculture. Are there any of those principles with, uh, included within IPB's more digitized focus? How do you reconcile traditional methods uh, and, and those ideas with a technological-based solutions as IPB is doing? One of the uh, problem is about the, when we introduce the new technology, we have to consider the social aspect of this technology. Technology and social aspects should be in one package because uh, in the in the past when we introduced the new technology, there is the serious problem on unemployment in the village. So we have to be more careful about this uh, program, and we have to choose the locations that uh, they, they have the problem of scarcity of labor in agriculture. In some area, we have oversupply of labor, but in some area, there is the scarcity of uh, farming labor. So we, we have to select the lo- location uh, wherein the labor is very, very scarce. One of the issue of labor in Indonesia, in developing countries, is the, the regeneration, the age of labor farmers in Indonesia now mostly dominated by 48 years old farmers. And we predict in next 10 years, that will be the problem of the farmers because their children may be not interested to continue their parents' uh, work. Mm. And at the same time, if we don't prepare the new technology, it will be a problem because there's no labor and then the technology is not ready yet. So now we have to prepare with the modern technology to anticipate what happened in the next 10 years. In that case, what sort of work is IPB doing to bring down the cost of those technological advancements? I know that the cost of drones has decreased substantially over the past 10 years, but equally, if there are uh, the Crab 4.0, for example, uh, is almost like a warehouse um, with with crabs in them. How do you bring down those costs? Is there a, a shared cost model? Is there... Uh, other approaches to take within the community? Some technology is expensive, like drones. The price of drone is very, very expensive. One drone for fertilizing, I think it's around 20,000 yeah, 20, US dollars. I think it's very, very expensive for farmers. So now we encourage the local governments to develop extension service unit to provide new technology so the farmers can use borrowing from the government, local government. And then at the same times, we have to train the extension service people to master the technology, to have the skill to operate the new technology. But in the same times, we, we also have the cheap technology. For example, if because now most of the farmers already use 
smartphone and then they just use smartphone to you know to identify disease of plant we use the smartphone to identify the potential markets and so on so many technology is very cheap and many technology still expensive and IBB University we also develop some technology for example how to use love to check the maturity of guava and then to check the maturity of mango using smartphone it is very very easy and i think it's very useful because the farmers to check the disease of plant usually they take soil as sample and and then uh, leaves to be sample and then uh, they send to the extension service and the extension service sent to laboratory it takes around one week 10 days to identify what kind of disease but now using smartphone in the real time they can identify what really happened uh, you know it is very very important to introduce from now the the cheap technology but smart cheap and smart looking over the developments that have come from IPB and you've you've touched on them including the smart gloves but um there's the shrimp counter biscount smart gloves and a pressy flog uh, which is precision food logistics a center on increasing efficiencies across the production systems when i was looking through that i i was really impressed and one of the things that struck my mind is what is the process of identifying those areas that need to be improved or could be improved does this occur during group planning sessions is it by the individual we have we call institute of research and community service is the leading unit in ibb university which doing cascading activities to find out the best solutions for addressing agromaritime challenges and it has special scientific committee who conduct the research group planning sessions by inviting the research champions at the university levels to propose the solution and different cluster of research thematics uh, area we develop the research cluster and then we prepare our research agenda to make our research can precisely have the the real output uh, which is the uh, becoming our solutions to the real problem in the field so very very collaborative approach in trying to get engaged with the community as well as the researchers and experts within that institute to to find a solution and something to improve Uh now uh we've come to the end of it uh to the end of our questions and I like to always ask our guests the most difficult question which is to look into the future how do you see the areas of farming and agriculture changing over the next few years before answering these questions a bit of the digital aspect of agriculture I'd like to explain as we consider the digital literacy of farmers in Indonesia we know that there has been the diverse level of technologies uh, being applied by the farmers from technology 1.0 to technology 4.0 and therefore based on the understanding of farmer capacity IPB will do specific approach through matching farmers capacity with suitable technologies for millennial farmers of course IPB will challenge them with the highest level of agromaritime 4.0 and then additionally IPB with partner like Microsoft Tani Hub and then Guru Asia and Ministry of Agriculture supported by GIZ and World Bank mm. organizing the digital agriculture hackathon so a digital agriculture hackathon event focusing on finding digital agricultural solutions model for West Java province because now we uh, we stay in Jawa in West Java so we try to have the solutions in West Java in Indonesia 
And hackathon is an important journey for empowering people. And it is a window for transformation in agriculture to increase productivity and added values and create more ecologically friendly production and a better economy. And taking part in this journey will enable us to give value into the community and nation. And now, what is for the next? Yeah. More than half of Indonesian population live in agriculture, which should be the central point of national development. Increase investment in agriculture to modernize the agriculture and markets and make them more efficient is key to support the agriculture player and farmers to move on to the next phase. Such investment will not only help improve the country's food production, but will also enable households to engage in more productive sectors and earn a better income. We have rich uh, bioresources, which are the future of our life and economy. And innovations enable us to utilize these resources, these bioresources, optimally and sustainably, and at the same time, increase the values of these resources. We have already been introduced to various concepts of sustainable development, such as green economy, circular economy, etc. And it is now time to empower this concept through massive and affordable innovation. So using technology, innovation, with the entrepreneurial spirit, we have to try to transform the new agriculture in Indonesia. Thank you very much. The entrepreneurial spirit uh, to transform agriculture in Indonesia. I think that is a perfect area or perfect spot to end it. Thank you very much for your time, Rector Arif. It was quite illuminating to learn more about agriculture, especially in Indonesia, uh, and also particularly techno-social entrepreneurship uh, as well. So thank you very much again. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, thank you very much. Hi again, everybody. It's Anton here once more. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the pod. I hope you enjoyed it and learned as much as I did as well. Thank you as well to IPB University for their support. They are inspiring innovation with integrity. You can learn more about their mission at ipb.ac.id. Now, we are quickly running towards the end of the year, of course. In fact, when I record this, it's just over a month before 2022. However, there are still opportunities to engage with new content, to meet new colleagues, etc. We have the Reimagine Education Conference and Awards coming up in very early December. Visit reimagine-education.com for more information. I really do look forward to seeing you there. Otherwise, from the team here, good night. <laughs>